coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. I was driving around, you know, trying to sell POSs to every other restaurant, and I said, why am I doing this when I could just be in one place? Mm -hmm. So I took Vito on the offer. I stayed. I didn't know anything about the restaurant industry. I had no idea how to pick up a a tray or (laughs) a glass of water for that matter. I was so excited. Vito noticed it, and Mm -hmm. he said, well, you know, you learned what takes most guys at least two to three months. You learned it in two weeks. Mm -hmm. So he brought me in the kitchen, and I started doing prep work. Mm-hmm. I started, uh, you know, doing salads. The first thing I started to do, cutting lettuce, tomatoes. Uh, I was very cool. simple, but for me, it was exciting because I've never spent a minute in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's, then, that's awesome. Like the strozzapreti pasta, which is something that when you go to a restaurant, from my own experience, I've gone to multiple restaurants and they don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. Right. And strotta preti is, you know, goes to very old times. Mm-hmm. And it's a very funny story on how they refer to that pasta. I don't want to go into the details because they're not, uh, they could be challenging to explain. Okay. <laughs> I'll to, I might do some research on that. And we might have a conversational segment in the future on it. Yeah, just remember strotta preti. God, how do you spell it? Which means choking the priest. How gosh. Oh, boy. The, yeah. Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button and you'll get notified when an episode is ready for download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured guest is Joel Sanchez. Joel is the GM and partner at Mateo Trattoria. At the top of the show, we have Abby with her recipe for peach, cucumber, and tomato salad with seared halloumi. We We have have a a great great show, show, so stick stick around. around. One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete Foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat.
Ramen is the ultimate comfort food, and Booyah Ramen on the 900 block of Central Avenue is my go-to. It's so freaking good. The broth is like a silky blanket to warm up your mouth, and the hearty proteins, or just mushrooms for vegetarians, it'll have you saying, ooh, mommy, the umami is making my eyes roll back in my head. My favorites are the pork belly and the short rib. Mmm. And then there's the noodles. O-M-G. Go get the best ramen in St. Pete at Booyah Ramen at 911 Central Avenue in the Edge District of downtown St. Pete. Do ya, Booyah? Barbecue. It's what's on the menu. Here in St. Pete, we have a special place that's unlike any other barbecue joint. Dr. Barbecue is a restaurant for foodies. Dr. Barbecue is also the dude that's a barbecue hall of famer that won over 400 competitions. We'd say he knows a thing or two about barbecue, but let's hear from the man himself. Hey, it's Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. A couple of years ago, after almost 40 years of cooking barbecue, I decided to open a restaurant and St. Petersburg was the perfect spot. I'd been living here for 10 years, so why not? At Dr. Barbecue's, we cook all our meats the old school way in our huge smokers over oak wood, low and slow. Even the most critical experts agree that we've got the best barbecue in town. But it's not just about the meats. We've got great house-made sides, handcrafted sandwiches, and even a healthy selection of vegan and vegetarian options. Add in a really fun brunch, two bars, and a friendly staff, and I think you'll be glad you joined us. We're at 1101 First Avenue South in the Edge District, right by the roundabout. Get yourself to Dr. Barbecue, pronto. Please welcome, with our monthly recipe, straight from the St. Pete Foodies Test Kitchen, Abby Allen. Hi, Abby. Hey, guys. Hey, how are you? Doing well. How are you all? I love your animal print. Always. Yes. Always animal print. Right. Is it is it vegan animal print? Yes. This is this is vegan. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Cruelty free. All right. Awesome. <laughs> so we have a really cool recipe for August. And before we get into that, I want to know, where did all the ingredients come from? <laughs> <laughs> well, rolling oats, of course. Awesome. Every single one. And I I've never said this before in this segment, but I do want to confirm that they actually do have rolled oats there. Oh, God. <laughs> I saw them. Did you see them? Yeah, okay. they have. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I always wondered should, about the name, so. Yeah, we should do something with that one day, too. Yeah. But what do we have for August? For August. So this is a very summer-esque recipe. Peaches are crazy and everywhere right now. So we are incorporating that into a salad. Um, it's peach, cucumber, tomato salad with seared halloumi cheese. Yum. And thank you for teaching me what halloumi cheese is. I didn't even know it existed. It's a fabulous unripe cheese um, that has a very high smoke point. So it's easy to sear, grill. Um, it gets nice. a nice char on the outside, but it's cheesy and gooey and ooey on the inside. It's fabulous. Yeah, I had it at the kitchen, I was telling you, in Safety Harbor. And it was delicious. 
delicious. I've never had anything like that before. That's cool. I can't wait to get some. Yeah, because, you know, you have like fried goat cheese and, you know, that gets so soft and kind of messy. But this is just, it's mm-hmm. almost a little more solid. And But you have to eat it, I feel like, right out of the skillet. Because, you do. Because it can get cold mm-hmm. and it's kind of weird, you know, when it's cold. Yeah. So Right. Yeah. yeah. So how do we go about making this? So it's pretty simple. I mean, really the only cooking for this is, of course, searing your halloumi prepping all your vegetables, your fruits, your peaches, all that, chopping that. And then there's a nice little simple lemon vinaigrette and then just some fresh herbs on top. And it's very simple, again, appropriate for summer. Um, Fresh peaches are in season. You can find them everywhere, so take advantage of that. And the combo, it might sound weird. My husband, Mike, of course, is... Oh, I don't know, Abby, are peaches, cucumbers, and tomatoes, does that really go together? You know, he has a hard time with the sweet and savory, but this is a very delicious little combination. Yeah, I I, I can dig some sweet and savory, especially when yeah. it's fresh. Yes. Like, this is, this is just the perfect recipe for August, peach, cucumber, tomato, and then we put cheese on yes it. cheese right. oh and then i forgot to mention of course we love dave's killer bread mm. so for this recipe too we added in some toasted i call them croutons some dave's killer bread just tossed in some olive oil and that adds a nice little nice. crunch i'm big on textures i'm sure we all know by now so right that adds a little something too so the lemon vinaigrette is it is there any vinegar or is it just lemon juice well there's some lemon juice and i actually used a little bit of um balsamic which was I oh, was just okay. playing around and it worked and n- normally I would do like a white vinegar yeah. or champagne, but it worked. Yeah, oh, I could nice. see a balsamic working mm-hmm. nice yeah. with peaches. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Totally. Yes, yes. And tomatoes, of course. And we want to thank Rollin' Oats yes. for providing all of the ingredients. And they are a locally owned organic food market where you can get the highest quality ingredients for cooking at home. They also have some delicious prepared foods for grab and go. And they also are doing delivery now. Nice. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And we have a wine pairing from from our friend Ken Smith. He works over at Park Shore Grill. Make sure to ask for him and say hi when you go over there. Ken says for this, he recommends a Sancerre or a Sauvignon Blanc. And he says, or also because of the peach and cucumber components, perhaps a Chenin Blanc. Mm. We're going to try them all. Absolutely. (laughs) Someone has to, so... Exactly. It's yes. a tough job. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. So again, thanks to Rolling Oats for sponsoring the monthly recipe and for Abby Allen for creating it and to Ken Smith for the wine pairing. Yes. Thank you. Check out stpetersburgfoodies.com for the peach, cucumber, and tomato salad with seared halloumi. And don't go away. We'll be right back with Joel Sanchez from Mateo Trattoria and Pizzeria. As a St. Pete Foodies listener, you should also check out the Zest podcast from WUSF Public Media. You know, the Tampa NPR folks. Every Thursday, host Dahlia Colon shares everything from food history to the best restaurants you haven't tried. There's recipes you'll want to try and a different slice of our state's foodie scene. The key lime actually is native to Southeast Asia. The English sailors were called limeys when they found out that they put it in their barrels of water to get rid of that brackish well-watered taste, they uh, didn't get scurvy anymore. So they wanted them in all their ports in the tropics, so they took the seeds and planted them. So that's how we ended up with key limes down here. We invite you to listen to The Zest on your favorite podcast app or at thezestpodcast.com. Tell Tell them St. Pete Foodies sent you. St. Pete is all about local, and this year we celebrate a local legend's 25th anniversary. Roland Oats Market and Cafe was founded in July of 94 by Bert Swain and Larry Schwartz. From the beginning, Roland Oats has made a commitment to provide St. Pete customers with the finest quality organic whole foods 
nutritional supplements, and body care products at the most reasonable prices possible. And now they have a South Tampa location too. We go there for many items, but they are the only place that we go to buy our raw probiotics and other supplements. They have the best organic whole food selection in town, and on the flip side of that, they also offer a fantastic selection of wines and an unparalleled selection of local craft beer. Rollin' Oats has a cafe, open daily, which offers delicious sandwiches, burgers, soups, salads, bowls, wraps, entrees, and fresh-made smoothies, along with a variety of prepared and packaged take-home meals located in the market itself. Do you pride yourself with supporting local businesses? Well, put your money where your mouth is and get on into Rollin' Oats today. Rollin' Oats St. Pete is located at 2842 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Street North. And in South Tampa, you'll find them at 1021 North McDill Avenue. Check them out on the web at rollinoats.com. That's R-O-L-L-I-N oats.com. And Rollin' Oats offers online ordering with curbside pickup. Our guest today is the GM and partner at what I think is one of the best new restaurants in St. Pete, from Mateo Trattoria and Pizzeria, please welcome Joel Sanchez. Welcome, Joel. Hi, everyone. My name is Joel Sanchez. I was going to congratulate you on successfully keeping yourself off of the internet because I couldn't find anything. But then, <laughs> but then you let me know that, no, you're there. Just didn't know it was you. Yeah, well, I try to stay away from it as much as I can and keep focused on the restaurant at the moment. Right. It's obvious from my introduction that I love Mateo. And we're going to get into that. But first, let's get some info about you. Where'd you grow up and go to school? Well, I grew up in California, went to school in uh, Los Angeles, then uh, went to school in um, Los Angeles Community College. Then after that, I met uh, Nando Silvestri, Mm -hmm. and the rest is history. Wow. So he started young. Yes. I think when he was 21 with his first restaurant in L.A. So were you working with him from the beginning? No. We met uh, a few years after that. Okay. And... Had you always been in culinary or planned to go into culinary? It was actually kind of a miracle that it happened. Oh, really? Uh, because well, it's a happy miracle. Yeah, because when I was uh, going to school, I wanted to do uh, computer programming mm-hmm. and things like that. So I got a job doing computers. And then I moved into uh, restaurant industry because I like the environment. Hmm. Ah. Wow, that's pretty cool. So the computers got boring and you decided you wanted to... Well, the thing is, I used to do it for sales, so it was different. Oh. So, you know, we would sell POSs to all the restaurants in that area. Uh-huh. Ah. So that's how I started. That's the there's tie-in. The, yeah, there's the connection, right? <laughs> so and did you go to culinary school or you learned on the job? No, I learned as I went. Ah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I had a great guy. His name is Vito Mariano. He was uh, from Sicily. Oh, and, nice. uh when I started working for this guy, he enjoyed the way that I worked. So he said, I'm taking you under my wing. Ah, that's, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So are you married, kids, pets? Yes, I am married. My wife, no, I uh, have cats, no <laughs> kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, cats are kids. Basically. Yeah, right. For kids. They're kits, kitties. <laughs> and so did you have any hobbies as a kid or any now? Well, I still do. Uh, I love shooting. You know, I have cool. my own guns. What, go, what do you shoot? Uh, AR-15s, pistols. Oh, wow. Yes. Nice. Uh, also paintballing, uh, snowboarding, all that ah. stuff. I'm going to make sure not to ever make you angry. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I'm very responsible when it comes to that. <laughs> so what were some of the restaurants that you worked at prior to hooking up with Nando? And by the way, for our listeners, Nando Silvestri is the owner of Mateo Trattoria. Well, I worked at, um, it was called Baco, which means it's the god of wine. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So that was my very first restaurant, uh, working with Vito Mariano. Then I moved to... And uh, that was in LA? Yes, mm-hmm. Burbank, California. A Burbank, okay. So... Okay, you explained that you became interested because you were dealing with restaurants, selling them POS systems, but then how did you make the transition? Did you just say, hey, I want to be in this business? (laughs) Hire me, Vito. (laughs) No, well, Vito uh, would call me almost on a daily basis when something happened to the POS. So we became very familiar. So then it became a thing where I would go to the restaurant just to either have dinner or lunch uh, because I enjoyed the food there. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he one day mentioned, why don't you just work with me directly instead of just me calling you to come and fix the computers? Mm-hmm. So it, it mm-hmm. became a joke. And then <laughs> one day I was driving around, you know, trying to sell POSs to every other restaurant. And I said, why am I doing this when I could just be in one place? Mm-hmm. So I took Vito on the offer. I stayed I didn't know anything about the restaurant industry. I had no idea how to pick up a a tray or (laughs) a glass of water for that matter. So he gave me the opportunity to start working. He started training me. The guys in the kitchen spoke fluent Italian. Wow. And and Vito made it a point that if I was going to work for him, I had to learn the language. Wow, that's pretty cool. (laughs) How old were you? At the time I was 20. Okay. So where did you start? What did you start learning with? I started outside. He said, we, we have to bring you outside and then inside. Mm-hmm. So I started taking orders for sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how it all started. Just yeah. me taking orders for sandwiches, getting familiar with the ingredients, the meats, uh, right. the cheeses. Yeah, that's a good place to start. It's, it's, it's harder to screw things up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. And then how long did you work there? And how, well, how, and how did you move through the, the ranks there? Well, like I said, I was very excited to work there. It, it was actually exciting for me to see the people, to get to meet different kinds of people on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So it made it very exciting where I was kind of a shy kid growing up. And that actually got me out of that, mm-hmm. where um, cool. I was so uncomfortable speaking to anyone I didn't know. And it was just very hard for me. And that got me out of that. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, I was a shy kid growing up too. I didn't talk to anybody. We'd go over, uh, my parents would drop us off at our grandparents' house, like they were going going out for the night, and my sister would go around the neighborhood and round up like 10 new friends and be like the Pied Piper walking them back to the house, and I'd go hide in the other room so I could read my book by myself. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of kid I was. I yeah, would just awesome. stay away from everyone, <laughs> right. and it was easy. Yeah, <laughs> right. So that got you out of your shell. That's good. Yes. And then how did you progress from there? Well, because I was so excited, Vito noticed it. And mm-hmm. he said, well, you know, you learned what takes most guys at least two to three months. You learned it in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So nice. he brought me in the kitchen and I started doing prep work. Mm-hmm. I you started, uh, you know, doing salads. The first thing I started to do, cutting lettuce, tomatoes. Uh, I was very cool. simple. But for me, it was exciting because I've never spent a minute in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's, then, that's awesome. And he was very positive. Like every single day, he would just be very encouraging. 
He never said, this is not right. He would tell me it's not right, but in a different way. Mm -hmm. He would always make it so that I would continue to challenge myself and right. do it correctly. Here, here's a better way to do this. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah, and that's where you always start with the with knife skills and oh. preparing, prep. So how long were you actually there? I was there for a year and a half. Okay. And mm. then I met a very interesting character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he uh, introduced me to Tarcisio Mosconi, another Italian guy. He's from Rome. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much where everything it all started after that because Vito taught me about pastas. He taught me about sauces and all the things I needed to know to be in the industry. When I was introduced to uh, Tarcisio Mosconi, the same thing happened. He was very excited to see how I worked, how excited I was to be there. And I started as a busboy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, I, I think, you know, and maybe this is just me, but I have always felt that if you at some point are going to be a boss or, you know, you're, you're the GM and partner, that if I'm going to delegate any work to anybody, I should be able to do it myself perfectly, mm-hmm. yes. if not better than them. Right. So, and I think that both these guys just saw the passion that you had for this business. That's what it sounds like, yeah. Yeah, actually, like I said, with Vito Mariano, he always pushed me. And then I became the sandwich maker, salad maker. After that, he said, well, I need you outside again. I started serving. After that, he lost his manager. Oh, no. And he said, well, I need someone to replace the guy. Ah. You'll be the one. So <laughs> there you go. he took me under that. I learned a lot. Uh, he sold the restaurant. And um, that's how I ended up going with Tarcisio Mosconi, who right. owns a restaurant in Malibu right now, mm-hmm. just like Nando. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's called Tradinoi, which means between us. Mm. So it's also very family oriented. Mm-hmm. And that's how I met Nando ah. through Tarcisio Mosconi. Ah. Because he sold the restaurant to Nando? No, no because no, no, no. at one point they came together and opened a restaurant. Ah, uh, okay, right. And that's the, uh, did you say Malibu? Yes. The uh, Tramonto Bistro? Tramonto being one of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. We also opened uh, El Piccolo Ritrovo, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, also a concept that we wanted to, to have with the fresh pizza, the Napolitana pizza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where they came together, and that's uh, how I became more involved with Nando Silvestri. Ah. Right. And it seems like, uh, from my research, that over time he has had four different restaurants in california with the one that i just mentioned operating now yes he has a spumoni restaurant uh in uh, santa monica mm-hmm. he also has the same uh, spumoni restaurant in hermosa beach oh okay and he also has uh mateo of course in tampa mm-hmm. and mateo in st pete right right so how was the decision made to go to tampa from the LA area? Well, California, as you know, is not a great place to be right now, business-wise. Ah, okay. Uh, it's getting a little complicated. Um, every year they have new regulations going into place, which make it very difficult for a lot of business owners. Mm. 
like payroll is one of them. Of course, you try to survive with a mom and pop restaurant, and it's very difficult to do that when the state keeps, you know, taxing everything. Mm-hmm. Right. So why Tampa? Well, Tampa was, we have a friend and also partner, Massimo. Mm-hmm. So you will meet Massimo when we open the St. Pete um, pizza oven. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, he's our pizzaiolo mm-hmm. uh, in Tampa. Ah. So he's the expert when it comes to that pizza. He cool. makes beautiful pizzas. He, he knows what he's doing. He's been doing it for over 35 years. Right. Wow. And just uh, so our listeners know, when this comes out, you guys will probably... I just, Nando texted me earlier, and he said he thinks we'll be within a week or two. You guys will have the permit. So so when this, as you're listening to this, they're making pizza. <laughs> as we're recording it, they're not because they're still waiting on permits, as usual, in St. Pete. Yes. So where'd the oven come from? Uh, well, this is a Napolitano oven, so mm-hmm. from Naples. Cool. And uh, we actually um, have the same oven in Tampa. Uh Tampa was a beauty. It was a breeze to get that thing going. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had it since we opened. And uh, people love the pizza. You know, uh, that type of pizza requires a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. And even from the guy who's making it to the consumer. Because um, it's very soft. Uh, we use fresh mozzarella, which is made in-house. Mm-hmm. Oh, and nice. Fresh mozzarella has a different taste from your traditional mozzarella. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a little more watery. Mm-hmm. But if you overdo it, then your pizza will be extremely soggy. Mm-hmm. If you do it to the right amount, which Massimo has figured out, uh, it'll be perfect. Right. It's the, the true Neapolitan style yes. pizza. Uh, at what temperature does the uh, oven go and how long does it take for a pizza? Well, it can go up to 1,200 degrees. Wow. Uh, which can cook the pizza in less than 90 seconds. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. You have to be very careful with that. And mm-hmm. uh, because of that very high temperature, uh, sometimes people think that it's a burnt pizza. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's just, you know, the char that you get right. from that. Yeah, some people don't understand it. If Most they, people don't understand yeah. Neapolitan pizza. Because we have a couple, you know, Bavaros yes. here. And uh, when we first met Dan, he explained all of that to us it's a fork and knife type of pizza this is not your regular pizza i sold it with my hands anyway you do because you're (laughs) i don't think you're gonna be able to do massimo's pizza with your hands well you have to be a rebel when it comes to pizza (laughs) (laughs) right so we're gonna take a quick break get a word from our sponsors and we'll be right back with some more details on mateo trattoria and we'll talk some food and cooking stuff too we'll be right back hey Lori, have you ever been to noble crust i have what do you like there Pork belly pimento cheese and fried green tomatoes are my favorite. Oh yeah, I love that one too. They actually call it the FGBLT. It's fried green tomatoes, pork belly glazed with a Tabasco honey sauce and pimento cheese. Mm -hmm. And it's the first item on the menu, so you can't miss it. And I think they should actually call it the OMG. Yeah, you've said that before. The chicken marsala is really good too. It has chicken and chicken sausage, criminy mushrooms and four cheese grits. It's so delicious. I love that they mix classics from the American Deep South and Italy. Noble Crust is famous for their fried chicken. I love it. Yeah, and the eggplant parmesan is out of this world. When we do a best eggplant parm list, it'll definitely be on there. Yes, it will. Speaking of lists, Noble Crust made six of them recently. Best Italian, 
best casual dining, best pizza, best Bloody Marys, best meatballs, and believe it or not, best salads. Ooh, can I tell you another one of my favorite items? Yeah. The spaghetti and meatballs. It's oh, so good. Man, you're not kidding. You know what? They have a brunch on Saturdays and Sundays starting at 1030, which I love. And the deviled eggs are to die for. Let's go to Noble Crust right now. I'm in. Let's do it. Where can you find the freshest fish in St. Pete? Well, you can't get fresher than caught that day. That's what you'll find at Trophy Fish. The Day Boat Special includes the fresh catch of the day, cooked how you want it, with your choice of two sides and a house-made sauce. They also have some incredible appetizers, like grilled street corn that's like crack, that stuff's so good, incredible grilled oysters, fresh fish spread, and much more. You will also find some options for the land lovers out there. All of this set in a setting that makes you feel serene and relaxed with your toes in the sand, like a day at the beach. They like to call their concept, Bait Shop Chic. So head on down to Trophy Fish, where you can grab a boat drink from their full bar and fill your tummy with the freshest catch around. Trophy Fish is located at 2060 Central Avenue in the Grand Central District. They are open Wednesday through Friday at 5 p.m., Saturday and Sunday at 12 to 3 for brunch and at 5 for dinner. We are back! We are back! We are back with Joel Sanchez from Mateo Trattoria and Pizzeria. On the break, we were talking about uh, how you drove from California to Florida because you didn't want to fly. It was COVID time. Just getting so many cases. We were like really freaked out. You know, I had family members pass away from it. Wow. So I hear that. It's okay. My mom said, please don't take a plane. Right. Please drive. She said, please. So you drove from Alaska and then. No, no, California. From California. California. Okay. Okay. But you had mentioned that about how hot and humid it is here in Florida after coming from Alaska. So tell us about Alaska. Have been there three different times, you said? Yes. Well, I have family in Alaska. So every year they would tell me, come to Alaska. What part? Seward. Okay. And they would say, you would love it. This is the one place where we know you would want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, every year I said no. Mm-hmm. Until one day I said, let's go with it. Mm-hmm. So I flew to Alaska to uh, a place called Valdez. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be part of the fishing industry for a new experience. It was uh, I wanted a new challenge, so mm-hmm. to speak. Uh, but I ended up back in the restaurant <laughs> <laughs> because I I went I did that by the time the season was over I went back to Seward and I was bored out of my mind mm-hmm. so my wife was also in Valdez so she stayed there so I was in Alaska in Seward by myself so I went and walked into a restaurant and I saw yeah. that they needed people so I said hey I'm not doing anything let's try it. Mm-hmm. So where does this uh, fit in between st- your start in California and then meeting up with Nando and then coming to Tampa? Well, like I said, we I've worked with Nando prior to that for many years. Mm-hmm. So when I decided to leave to Alaska, he always said, don't go. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it, I felt like it was time for me to try something different, something new. I ended up back in the restaurant industry anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I came back from Alaska, Nando had opened uh, a little Mexican restaurant. Uh-huh. 
hmm, uh, it's a different concept. Uh, and he said, hey, since you're in California, would you be interested in working a couple of days, you know, helping me out? And I said, sure, let's do it. Yeah, tell him to do that here too. <laughs> he might, he might. So, you know, nothing is set in stone, but he might. Another one of my favorites is Mexican. Yes. So, Mateo in Tampa opened in September 2020, and that's at 2402 South McDill Avenue in Tampa. And then St. Pete just recently opened at 2363 Central Avenue in the Grand Central District. And it's it's where, if you knew Sophia's, that's where Sophia's used to be. And it seems also from reading about past restaurants from Nando that he has a knack for opening new Italian restaurants where other Italian restaurants used to be. <laughs> well, you know, he takes the challenge. He is, uh, he has so much energy. He's always fast paced. So he's always pushing for things to get done. Mm -hmm. So if, if he tells you that he wants it done today, that means yesterday. Right. right. So, um, but that's the, the one constant that he's always had uh, where he feels like it's a challenge to do where others have gone mm -hmm. and do his own thing. I, I think there's, I think it's smart though, because there was at least some crowd of people that were used to going to that spot for Italian food. Right. And maybe they'll get acclimated back to going to that spot for Italian food again. Right. So let's talk about some of the food. And also let's talk about the style of the restaurant. How, how would you describe Matteo? What type of Italian restaurant is it? Well, we're, uh, based on many different recipes. So we have North, Central, mm -hmm. South. We're not just one particular type of Italian restaurant. Right. And uh, a lot of that comes from also being in LA where people want variety. And you right. have to acclimate to that in everywhere you go, basically. Yeah, what's cool about that is you kind of have something for everyone. So if the certain people, they think very specific things when they think Italian. You know, they think red sauce. They think, you know chicken or veal parm, things like that. And you're going to have those type of things. But then, and I like all that stuff. I like everything. Mm -hmm. But I like variety too. Yes. And for people that are like, no, I've had that. I don't want to have the same old stuff again. I want to try something new and different. You guys got new and different. Well, yeah. And these are old recipes that seem like they're new. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Like the strozzapreti pasta, which is something that when you go to a restaurant, from my own experience, I've gone to multiple restaurants and they don't even know what that is. Mm -hmm. Right. And Strozza Preti is, you know, goes to very old times. Mm -hmm. And it's a very funny story on how they refer to that pasta. I don't want to go into the details because they're not, uh, they could be challenging to explain. Okay. <laughs> I'll I might do some research on that. We might have a conversational segment in the future on it. Yeah, just remember Strozza Preti. How do you spell it? Which means choking the priest. How oh, gosh. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's, that's what I meant. A little <laughs> controversial. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And when I was saying new things, I mean, I know they're, they are old traditional recipes that have been handed down, but I mean, like new to St. Pete. St. Pete, new to people that, that have not experienced some of the different stuff that you don't always see. Yes. And you guys have a, an entire, uh, I don't know if I got this right or not in review. And by the way, stpetersburgfoodies.com. Check it out. There's a review of Mateo. And we will be updating that with pizza shortly. Yes. But so you have a pizza bar. 
And then there's a gnocchi bar. I didn't see a physical gnocchi bar, so I'm assuming it's virtual because there's a whole section devoted to gnocchi on the menu. Yeah, that's exactly what it means. Mm -hmm. Right. So virtual gnocchi bar. Then there's 10 different items. Yes. So we have the one that I brought out to you guys, which was the boscaiola. Mm-hmm. That's the one we sell the most. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the the mushroom craze for that. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I enjoy it personally. Uh, but if I had to choose one of those gnocchis, it always goes back to the gnocchi Sorrentina for me. It's just very traditional, just the red sauce, the melted mozzarella, and the fresh basil. Nice. Yes. Yum. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and the Amatriciana. That was, was life changing. Yeah, and we—I've never had—I've heard of it, but I never had it before. And that's it's pancetta, fresh garlic, red chili flakes, olive oil, and marinara sauce with bagoli pasta. I think more commonly you see it with bucatini. Yes, is the bagoli like maybe a little fatter than bucatini? Yes, the bucatini it has the hole in the middle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the bagoli pasta—it's a thick pasta. Mm-hmm. Which, like I explained to you guys, um, it's always meant to be al dente, right? Totally, and, and and it takes the al dente lover to enjoy it, mm-hmm. right? Because most people think, oh, it's not cooked all the way, but that's the way that pasta is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's just a beautiful combination because it allows the marinara to soak into the pasta and not make it mushy. Mm-hmm. It allows the pancetta to release the flavor into the pasta itself. Yeah. And when you try it, when you get the combination of all of those ingredients, you get a beautiful pasta. And our chef, to me, is one of the best pasta guys I've ever had. Yeah, it was amazing. that The toothsomeness of that pasta, it's just the mouthfeel is amazing. And the flavors are great, obviously. Mm-hmm. So. And you guys make that in-house? Yes. How, is, is that extruded? Is that how that one's made? Yes. Mm-hmm. And your chef, um, did he come from California with you? Yes, he okay. also came from California. We act like we drove from California. Right, you drove from <laughs> California. Oh, yeah. Another cool thing, too, is the uh, bolognese is a trio of ground beef, veal, and pork. Mm-hmm. And usually, most I mean, I looked up a whole bunch of recipes and like 95% of them, they're only using ground beef. Right. And then, and even I looked up a bunch of menus and a lot of restaurants are only using ground beef. And so when I saw this, when we were there, I mentioned to Abby, I said, look, they have these three different meats. And Abby said, yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be done. <laughs> well, you know what? It, it's very difficult for uh, Bolognese to be made, especially if you don't get it the, the, the right way. Um, it took a lot of practice to get there. Obviously, it's not just something that we did overnight. We decided to put all three together and it worked. No, it took some time, uh, trial and error. And like I said, um, our chef is very dedicated to that. I feel like we are blessed as a restaurant, uh, because we have a chef who is, uh, open to being critiqued, mm-hmm. who is open to receiving positive or negative criticism so to speak mm-hmm. yeah we could only come up with one thing that night <laughs> <laughs> well three out of four i the the gnocchi dish uh we liked we all liked it very much and yeah. but abby mike and Lori all said it would benefit from a little more seasoning right. i thought it was fine 
And if it was just my dish for me, because we, we shared everything, I would have just added some fresh grated cheese and fresh grated pepper, fresh ground pepper. Right. But yeah, so there. There's, that's, that's the only, the only thing, thing. We, <laughs> only thing we can come up with. <laughs> everything else was like amazing, over the top amazing. A few more things that we had was we had we had the Caesar salad. Now, it sounds like a simple thing, right? Well, the Caesar salad was great. Mm-hmm. We have been somewhere else recently where I ordered a Caesar salad. I was like, okay, I'm done with this. Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> I'm not it's wasting so space funny in my how stomach. Just, you know, a simple salad like that can vary and be different from place to place that you go. It's it's amazing. And I know that has to do with the dressing and how it's served, if it's served cold and the you know, chilled bowl and all that kind of stuff makes a yeah, difference. Dressing, seasonings. Yeah. And Oh, and by the way, talking about uh, beef, pork, and veal, the meatballs as well. And the meatballs were excellent. I have been a big complainer about meatballs in St. Pete for a long time. It's getting better, though. Yes, it is getting better. Yeah. And yeah, you guys definitely passed the test on that. And the Arancini, that was awesome as well. And I'm so disappointed I didn't, when I cut it in half, I didn't snap a photo. I missed that. But yeah, they are, the mouthfeel on that too, with all with the, all the different things inside there. The It's a arborio rice ball stuffed with peas, mozzarella cheese, bolognese sauce, and it's breaded and fried. I have to go back and try that again because I couldn't eat it that night. Oh, right. Yeah. You had yeah. a little mouth I'd, injury. I cut, cut the roof of my mouth. Oh. And so that, you know, when the outside of it would hit, oh, it yeah. so bad. <laughs> and Lori, didn't you also say that the uh, mussels were the best you ever had? Oh, my the gosh. Sauce, they were too? so good. Yeah. I loved that. <laughs> loved yeah. it. So there's, this is, I mean, we barely scratched. Oh, the lasagna we had as well. And, we and I bar- loved the lasagna. That was awesome. We barely scratched the surface of the menu. So mm-hmm. we definitely will be back and we'll be back for pizza and some entree items that we didn't get to. And it's interesting how some people just want to debate what's authentic Italian food, <laughs> what's American Italian food. And everybody wants to be right. But here's, <laughs> I just wanted to, I don't want to get into that whole big long story, but there is, we had uh, Chris Cutler on a few weeks back. She's the president of the International Wine Food Travel Writers Association. And she goes, she's somewhat of a, expert on Italy because she goes like she used to go like five times a year now it's she just went back finally after a year and a half and one of her friends was commenting on another post we made about another place we went with Italian food she also commented on my post on the Matteo review and the featured photo I used was the lasagna and she didn't even click through and read anything she just saw this featured photo that's what Facebook displays with the link and she said what is that I don't even know what that is nothing in Italy would have that much cheese on it and I said, I said, I didn't say this was authentic Italian food, like from Italy. I said it was New York quality level Italian food and more American Italian. And I said, you know what? I love it all. I love American Italian food. If it's got a bunch of cheese and butter and whatever, mm-hmm. I love it. And if it's the lighter Italian version, I love that too. Right. We don't have to fight about it. Right. Let's eat it all. <laughs> So that's what I have to say about that. So, Joel, <laughs> I was working on coming up with an Italian food lightning round. I started working on it. I got like I got like four food questions. And then I'm like, okay, doing 10 of these is going to be boring. So the first four are lightning round food. So it's like either or, fast answer. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then a few cooking things. So you ready? Go right ahead. Meatball or sausage? Meatball. Veal marsala or piccata? Marsala. 
Rigatoni or fettuccine? Rigatoni. Lasagna or baked ziti? Lasagna. Okay. <laughs> I, I agree on all those. Sicily or Rome? Rome. Cool. Regarding pasta water, should it be salty like the ocean or salty like soup? Salty like the ocean. Aha. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. So, we learned salty like the ocean from Samin Nosrat from yes. Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. And then last year in the Bon Appetit March 2020 issue, they were interviewing uh, a guy who's I didn't hear of him until this article, but he's supposed to be a famous pasta chef. And his name is Evan Funk, F-U-N-K-E. And we talked about this with David Benstock uh, right. early in the year. And he says it should be salty like soup. Benstock said soup. He agreed with him. Hmm. But we've been doing it like Samin. Right. Also with our meat, too. So, yeah, we're with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> what What is your personal go-to comfort food dish? Yeah, I'm with you on that too. You're not kidding, man. If you if you weren't doing Italian cuisine, which cuisine would you be involved with? Probably Mexican. Nice. I like you more every minute here. <laughs> what is your favorite kitchen knife besides a chef knife? Filet knife. Huh, cool. That was close. D- David said a boning knife. Yeah. Close. Yeah. To say S- single bevel or double bevel, mm, single, yeah, for boning, single's really yeah. what you want to use, right? right? So, Mateo Trattoria and Pizzeria is in the Grand Central District of St. Petersburg, that's at 2363 Central Avenue. And the hours for Friday and Saturday is 5 to 11. And we had somebody cheering those later hours. <laughs> and during the week, it's 5 to 9, except uh, you guys are closed Monday, right? Yes, yeah, for now, for now. And it's MateoTrattoria.com. Joel Sanchez. Uh, yes. I, are you guys thinking about opening for lunch at all? We're going to start doing a brunch. Oh, brunch. Okay. So we're going to do Ooh. a Saturday and Sunday brunch. Nice. Uh, and it's going to start at 1030 a.m. Okay. And all the way to 3 p.m. Cool. Nice. When do you think that's going to start? This weekend. Oh. Ah. Which is- ah. So that was like, th- you'll hear this. It's already started. Yes. <laughs> Awesome. Joel Sanchez, thank, thank you so you much. Thank you so much, Joel. No, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. This is Chris Walker. And you're listening to CP Foodies Podcast. We have some new reviews and news on the website. There is a review of Sammy and Paco's. That's from the owners of Lolita's Wine Market. We also have a review of Chef Jeffrey Jew's new restaurant, Linger. And both of those places are awesome and you should get there as soon as possible to both of them. And we have two news pieces that involve the same guy, Josh Cameron. You may know him. He's the owner of the Oyster Bar and Crafty Squirrel on Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete. He also bought Lucky Dill a while back, and he is getting ready to finally reopen that as Where's Jubes, an Australian brew pub. And that's right on the corner there, also in Central. And Josh, as if that's not enough, decided to buy Gigi's St. Pete location, which is up on uh, 4th Street. I think it's the 5900 block or 5400 block, actually. So you'll find all of that info on stpetersburgfoodies.com. 
And next week on the show, we have Kelly and Alex Rodriguez from Alita's Wine Market fame talking about their newer place that I already mentioned, Sammy and Paco's. If you want to get in touch, drop us an email at info at stpetersburgfoodies.com. That's it for this episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guests, Joel Sanchez and Abby Allen. And thanks to our sponsors, Trophy Fish, Dr. Barbecues, Rolling Oats, The Zest Podcast, Noble Crust, Booyah Ramen, and, and Engine, Engine Number nine. 9. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef, and our theme music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Please give us a rating and review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show. And remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli.